like that to be a princess living on find my house with cashmere and my own islands. I thought I had a dream, but I found I didn't know what one was until I had This is Lori G. Panella, singer and songwriter. Today is Friday, and I got myself up and I'm on my phone recording this episode for you. I was pretty tired this week. I woke up this morning. I had to take a Benadryl. I hadn't taken it for the last few days. Um, my throat was kind of filled like I had been around some germs or something. I had walked around yesterday in Portland, which because so many things were boarded up in places that were just so drawn to by many people, even the smaller places. Um, I was really in shock and amazement because I hadn't really been out for quite a while. And you also have to be careful where you walk around down here to be safe because of everything that's going on. Um, it's really turned from the pandemic into violent situations, and which I don't understand. I, I I feel like Portland is my home now because I've just set so many roots here and I've come to terms with my medical conditions here and um, have, I feel, gotten the, the most help that I can get with them here. Um, I'm just growing and evolving more every day um, from these situations, so I'm grateful to have Portland and I really have hope that, especially with my health, that as I'm walking around greeting the people who feel like I do, which there's, you know, I can certainly count the numbers um, on my one hand, uh, they're below that, but the few people that I see when I do go out, it's very encouraging because they have so much hope and uh, such a smile on their face and so much positivity that it, it just lends right to me and, and it keeps me going in the positive direction that there's still so much good out here and there's still so much good that's going on and if we we people like this keep meeting one another and keep spreading that positivity I just think things will continue to get better so today's episode is about dreams and I was just reading out what dreams would be defined as and we know there's the dreams when you sleep and it has been known scientifically to to bring uh, glorious moments to us of course dreams can be nightmares too but I think the dreams and the aspect of what we think of as our life dream has been really more defined as the happy moments when we're sleeping and then, of course, you've got the theory of down the road when the actual dream of, of things that we want to happen in our lives in reality is what a lot of us hold on to. And I thought that would be kind of important to hit today, especially in a time where a lot of us are holding on, a lot of us are trying to get through really tough transitions in our life right now. And for myself, I used, I used dreams a lot to get through tough transitions and I can see where 
I didn't make my reality change because of this. I know as my mom fought off pedophiles, as I was kept in a closet, apologize my phone is ringing um it was just a scam it said most likely on my phone so I just declined it <laughs> but I being kept in that closet um I made my own dreams and um they were just for that moment to get me through the fact that it was dark in there and it was frightening and I didn't understand why she was doing what she was doing yet I wasn't completely freaked out because my mom always did things comforting and good for me. So I learned to deal with what she was going through. And I don't remember her doing it often. I think that maybe in her mind of trying to run from her molester in her life, which I have talked about uh, happened to her when she was 14. I don't know what other times in her life it may have happened or how long it went out, went on for because we weren't really allowed to talk about that much. My father was very uh, supportive, but he was more angry that he wanted to go after the person that did that to her. And it wasn't, um, we didn't really have a format set up to get through it, that we're probably gonna have to act this way to get through life. We're probably gonna have to really kind of take in what's happened to her because then it affected us and then she was afraid of what was going to happen to me because there was someone who tried to molest me and I was just a toddler baby in my playpen so this is where my dream my my dream started I believe was to get past what she was doing and then of course when she started tying me to the cellar stairs where it was very frightening for me because it was unfinished and it was dark and cold and spiders down there and the, the steps weren't finished and I was still in diapers and I would just cry and I got to the point where I just went somewhere that I don't really know when but I'm assuming I must have been uh, actually I, I was down there first before in the closet so I must have been already learning how to create dreams or pleasant situations in my mind to get me through. And of course, when books are read to you, we are read um, about, uh, let's say something comparative to dreams where the prince comes and runs off with the, the distressed woman and she becomes a princess. And, I know my favorite movie was always Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and I just never could let go of that theme of this this wonderful man coming to rescue um, the poor distressed woman. And I know even when I was married, I just many times I just would look around for that prince, and I just in my mind really felt for I think most of my juvenile and adult life that there was going to be a prince that was going to come save me and so I think when we say the word dreams I think we need to be a little careful to to realize that we have to make those dreams happen and I never learned that and of course nowadays we talk about making our reality happen which is so important it's everywhere with motivational speakers and um, 
motivational counseling and I mean we've got the the quotes and affirmations all over the place and they're just so much more significant in our lives now to to make our our wishes to make our path our journey and our life into something that we want it to be so I, I just think that dreams we need to be uh, clear on what it is we're looking for in our life and what exactly we want to um, want to make happen especially the bad feelings that we're having in our bodies they're really not going to go away until we deal with them and uh, where mine was so subconscious my whole life and I really was never taught how to deal with um, the reality of what my dreams were which were just hiding the pain I just really was living in kind of a frozen trance I was going the motions I never could figure out what I wanted because how could I figure out what I wanted if I was making up these dreams that I learned about even in storybooks that were going to come take away the bad things in my life they were actually holding me back so everything I did wasn't necessarily something I wanted to do but uh, they could actually just be steps in biding the time until I could get to where I wanted to go. I know at one time in New York, which I've mentioned before, I don't know if I'm here, I got to a point where um, the anxiety of the things that I was running from that these dreams were supposed to be covering up, as subconscious as the dreams probably were in my life then because I was always working and supporting myself but the, the bad stuff would just kind of push forward and come out in my face. And, and I would actually be taken back at that moment. Physically, my body would stop in its steps. And another loss I had is my best friend who died when she just turned 21 because she got cancer. Um, was a very harsh reality to me, too, where I had lost uh, my baby being taken from me unwillingly when I was 17 from my body. And um, that was a horrible blow, which I know I definitely talked about on here. And then uh, just a few years later, I lose my best friend and my husband has been hitting me. And I, I still have learned to, dream, uh, to deal with uh, dreams and reality and, and keep myself at any kind of checkpoint. So... I really felt that I had nothing. Um, this best friend of mine with all my realities never in check, she was always there for me. I, no matter what frame of mind I was in, she would either make a joke of it or just really say something very positive. And there was never a time that I couldn't go to her, except I had a really hard time when I lost that child. I, I, she couldn't even reach me enough. And I really started to deteriorate at that point. But from what I knew of her before that, um, our, our broken family, um, when I was younger in our household, um, she was always there for that. And where I felt I didn't have anyone to turn to, she would be there at that time. So it was, it was um, very traumatic for me in my early 20s to have so many things happened to me and I didn't have anything concrete at all to look forward to because I never <clears throat> oh boy as is my voice you take some water 
because I was never taught to to make anything concrete, uh, anything you could hold on to, touch, see, that I could do for myself, that I could make myself uh, valuable, which is extremely important. And that's probably another whole episode, which I know I've gotten into, but I was taught to sit there and look pretty even in school. And I was told, I, I mean, I wasn't allowed to do anything. I got this uh, job handed to me when I was like 14, maybe 15 years old in high school to work in the library. And they started giving me a check and what it was for, it was for impoverished children who had a broken home, who didn't have money. And where I uh, really appreciated the check, it was in the library of a place that was so important to me that my mother would try to uh, talk me out of wanting to go to the one we had downtown, uh, downtown, the center of town to get books, where I was really flourishing and loving it. But for some reason, once again, I think she was afraid for me to read and learn too much that I might talk too much about some things that had happened. And she was uh, taught that the more quiet you are, the safer you are. So once again, I'm in an environment where there's books and I was told, oh, no, no. When I report to this job, you don't have to do anything. No, just uh, go walk around if you want. And I thought, gee, I'd really love to actually work in here, which is what I'm supposed to be doing. And they wouldn't let me. No, no, no. Just, you know, use this as free time. And I just thought, I mean, I loved the fact when I first walked in there at the thought of, of that I was going to be working there and just to look at the books on the shelves and, and the beautifully made tables and desk areas, partition desk areas and it was so my element. So I um, I didn't get to, to learn anything from that but because I had no skills and really no value in my, my everyday steps in my life, I really didn't. Um, it was more just, once again, dreams I was holding on to. It didn't help me get through anything I was going through. So, I mean, we're talking my entire life, my entire uh, juvenile, actually my entire life up to my early 20s, this was how I lived. And of course, as real life keeps slapping you in the face, you have absolutely no idea how to deal with it. Um, it gets hard to even dream anymore because it's just visions and images of what you're putting before you to make yourself feel better of situations that I wasn't doing any actions toward. Uh, but, but I was always taught to work, of course, and not necessarily walking around and getting a check, but my mother also sent me out at 11 years old with index cards to babysit, putting my information down, which I was told, uh, which I was told, <laughs> which I have mentioned on here. So I knew to work to get, let's say, lunch money or if I wanted an outfit, if I wanted to have clothes in my closet. I mean, I was already doing that at 11 years old. So I, that was one good element. I knew to work. I knew to work and I knew to make money to get me things that I needed or I liked. So that was a reality and that was something that I held on to. I wasn't able to link, uh, let's say, the word actual dreams. I want It was more survival. And then emotional survival was dreams. So the song that I wrote, A Dream, which I really started out to call it No More Dreams because you get to a point where when you start to find things that are so important, 
and you're letting go of the really hurtful things. You're pushing away, saying no, no more dreams, no more dreams. I want that life. I don't want that road. Um, most little girls, which I put in the first verse, they they think of being a princess, living in a fine white house, which I've spoken about that. Wearing cashmere, I changed these uh, lyrics around a little bit. And of course, ultimately, still in this day and age, having my own island, that's, if someone was gonna ask me of an, alter, of an ultimate, uh, probably one of the biggest dreams I would have, that would be wonderful. But then in the chorus, I, which I really love, it says, I thought I had a dream, but I found I didn't know what one was until I had you, which would be my son when I had already lost one. So that would be the most catastrophic loss for me. For others, it, it could be a relationship to someone that they love very much, um, whether it be boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, parent, uh, sadly enough, uh, a child, especially in today's uh, situations that are going on. Um, my heart is breaking for those who are losing loved ones. Um, I'd like to say if I could without being uh, stepping out of my bounds, I know what it, it's, it feels like to lose a child. Um, there's probably not a day subconsciously that doesn't go by when I don't feel the horrorness of my child when I'm so far along after her kicking, uh, being pulled from my body and murdered <laughs> before she was even pulled out. and then tossed into a barrel afterwards and how heavy her body was and I was so drugged and taken down I couldn't do anything about it but so I, I feel like um, uh, to relive those moments and, and they seem to take eternity to to finish the thoughts I can definitely understand pain and when I ran to New York to try to uh, sort out my life and of course you see the best of everything the gold and the the lights and the shine and the camera and all the fashion, the beautiful fashion on the streets um, of New York and New York City. And it really um, became kind of a um, soothing point in my mind because it was just outside of it, anything I'd ever seen to help me for a short period get through uh, what I was going through. Because in my early 20s is obviously when the worst hit, when my, my best friend died and I couldn't even really reach to my ex-husband anymore because he didn't really have any meaning in my life anymore. He wasn't good for me to begin with. He brought me through this horrible thing of losing my child and then um, I, I, my best friend wasn't there to fill in, oh, it's okay, you know, to, to stay with this person and that he was my husband and I really needed to stay with him and she would just always say things to me that I never told her that he hit me. If I had told her where she's my best friend, it's surprising that I didn't tell her. But I didn't. I just got so used to not saying anything to anyone. So no, I mean, no one knew about what happened to my child, as she knew. But she was trying to work on finding out what happened, and then she got sick, and she was one that definitely would have made some changes in my life and made sure that this was taken care of and it was dealt with properly and my ex-husband you can tell didn't like her and was really pushing 
negative emotion to her, even in the hospital when she was admitted for her last journey in her life. And honestly, I didn't know what was going on. I, I, I didn't like what he was doing. And, um, I certainly made sure he didn't come with me again. And I let him know I, at right then and there, I didn't like what he was doing, but she kind of, you know, rolled it off and shrugged it off. And I was just so used to listening to her and following her advice. And so I thought, okay, I don't know what his problem is. And, you know, obviously he had something to hide, didn't want her looking into anything. And so this person who would have made my life so much better and at least dealing with the situation that I have to deal with was gone. And so New York was the, the, uh, the visions of course, and images that dreams are or it was in my head and that didn't last long and even though I, I tried to make my life better and of course it got worse I still for many many years into my adult life didn't know how to make my own reality to get me away from all these negative emotions that were subconsciously inside of me so I um when I had my son, of course, I really learned what love was. And even though it was so hard running away from the situation that I was a part of that was horribly dangerous, I had those few moments of, of glee. Not that I wasn't enjoying every moment that I took care of my son, but I could even have happy moments outside of the pain that I had been through and through the entirety of raising him where I was so cold and lonely in my life before then I mean it was so lonely that no matter what I did no matter how much money I was making no matter who I was dating no matter what was going on in my life I would just have this coldness and horror inside of me and I had no idea how to get rid of it but um I I just that went away that went away eventually because I learned well I learned because love entered my life in a way that I just could never imagine so I mean this can happen with someone getting a new uh, partner um, maybe another child, not saying we're never going to not have our other children be of any less meaning to us. But when we found that love again, it that's when dreams of what we know that they are, at least for me at that point, they became completely unimportant. Uh, in the end of the song, I say, no dreams, no dreams now. Uh, because you're almost in tears pushing it away because a dream was actually a bad thing to me. It was something that, it was falsely giving me false hope to something that was never going to happen. And when I think of it now, I mean, sometimes I even think of that crutch now of waiting for somebody else to take away the bad. And I, I have to laugh at myself saying, well, I know that's not going to happen. And it's not as painful for me now to get up and do things that I know make my life better. It's more of a routine and I feel joy, let's say, and people like you that come listen to my podcast, that's one of my 
successes that I've been working on now that I'm so grateful to is the number of people that I am helping, I hope, or at least enjoy listening to me. Um, I'm hoping that there's a lot of positive elements that people are getting out of this podcast. And I really have been trying to be completely open as much as I can without holding anything back. And I think that has been from me trying to separate myself a bit and stay in my own uh, life uh, as fully as I can without veering off into situations of just for the sake of filling in some time, uh, go to a place, go to places like that. So, uh, and I don't know how much longer I can do this, but it seems to be working really well for me now. And each week when I do a podcast, um, I, I want to feel that I'm putting in the best content that I'm drawing from myself in a way that is something that I'm supposed to do that is important to do. Um, so the only way I I know to do this is by separating myself from from time that's not as valuable as it could be that's not on the top of the list. So I think that I want to see if there's any more lyrics in here. I think I, I just mostly say in the song, I just didn't realize um, what dreams really were. I didn't even know what the word was. I didn't know the meaning. It was just, I was still holding on to books when I was younger, um, stories when I was younger. But I learned that it's, it's a feeling of belonging and a place of meaning and importance and existence. And of course, love gives us all that. So I just hope that I'm not shattering those who they might use the word as my dreams. I want to make my dreams come true. And that's great. You know, your dreams will come true if you want to make them come true and you do things to make them come true. But to use a dream as a vision of something or uh, something that can help you overcome something that's happening in your life by just thinking about it, I really truly believe that that's impossible. And from my experience that you can certainly um, have visions of things that you want, but instead of putting them away until somebody comes along and brings them to you, I think it's really better that you make the steps yourself. And even if someone comes to you and makes your life better, I have fear that the emotions that you're trying to cover up as myself are going to keep coming up. And I really think that it's good, even if you can participate in trying to, to make them into something more positive in your life. And there's, there's so many things out there that I mentioned. There's so much free motivational help online. Um, like I mentioned before in my life, when I talk, I, I did pay for, uh, uh, put some, not overly hefty, but I think a hefty amount of money for what I had in my life down on a motivational 
package that I really believe I have to need more water. that I really believe saved my life, but also if you don't have that money, a lot of these people that have these packages that they want a decent amount of money for, they give away a lot of free material to start you on that road and you don't have to. And I, love, I know a lot of these people where I have um, a lot of respect for them having their own businesses. They will tell you that it's a lot cheaper to spend money getting yourself to the place where you need to be so you can actually end up with more money down the road and I certainly feel if you have the money to invest in yourself absolutely but if you don't and you're working on your emotional state which I think is the first place to be and that's really what I did with this package um, they do have um, I don't even know if they, they might have used the word dreams but uh, they do have you write lists of things that you want but then also they, they make you take steps to each thing that you want so and then I had a problem with actually physically taking steps where I really wanted to take steps in my mind because I'm pretty much a doer I can where I always had to work I can kind of line up physical things but it's really making sure my emotional state is lined up properly everything else seems to come pretty easily to me especially with the, the magic of what I want to do when I've sat down and gotten myself into the emotional place of where I feel I should be um, in my life and how I want to give back and that's important to me I when I feel of giving back a, a lot of my pain goes away and it's been like that my whole life and I'm grateful that I've had that at least my whole life when I would go through something I would always do something for someone else and that always helped me throughout my life so I'm not I probably got that from my grandparents who were really my strongest influencers which I was thinking of that today my family was going through so much pain all the time especially my mom would think she was going through and we were lost a lot of times growing up and it really is no one's fault it's the sad part it's just the part of when you're sexually abused it takes over your life and you really literally can't get over it you learn to live with it and my mother couldn't learn to live with it because we couldn't talk about it back then and even though the few verses that she had said that was getting support it still wasn't a way to heal herself so her her way of healing herself was really hurting me horribly and um, it put me in a spot now where I didn't know how to heal myself and deal with reality because she wasn't allowed to do reality and she wasn't given the tools so it's just very important to make sure that when you make those spaces that are helping you get through that you're going to put in that even a tiny little physical movement of something that will hold that in place if that's what's helping you get through. I, I guess that would be probably the biggest uh, piece of advice that I could give you is that just make sure you're always in touch with that as far as reality and that is something you're actually going to physically work towards. So I want to thank you for listening to my podcast. And there's so much more on me at LaurieJeanFanella.com. I have a screenplay that I, that I started with bits and pieces of my journey running with my three-year-old uh, camping for a year, running from abuse. I have a beautiful movie that I wrote that I've talked about that came from my book that I wrote, The Virtuous Woman. 
she finds accords herself, which I think about so much more lately. Um, I've been getting a lot of stories from homeless women as I had searched YouTube and I've shared some wonderful stories over there on my Facebook page of She Finds the Courts Herself screenplay that I wrote from the book that I wrote The Virtuous Woman and it's just so many instances of where women end up in their life and they're young, young women, uh, juveniles I'd have to say, I don't know if I'd say juveniles, teenagers, um, a lot of them that end up in homeless situations or end up in situations that are dire. And those are the ones that I want to have in this movie that I wrote a screenplay to. So I I have a lot of things out there if you want to, to check out more things. My free music links and of course I'll leave the rest of the song here on this podcast and the free link to the song. And I, I want you to hold on to positive moments. That's really I think the most important thing that I can leave with you. Um, each day is a journey and each day is um, another step and another movement towards continuing to make your life adjustable, livable, bearable, and even enjoyable when you can get to those parts. So thank you once again, Lori Jean Fanella, singer-songwriter. I thought I had a dream